Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time, Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Hank Vogler leading the charge, standing up for rural America, White Pine County, Nevada. That's North Spring Valley, just south of Elko. Hey, Howdy. I got a question. Yes, sir. Elk, Elko County made the declaration, and you were part of that declaration that that was going to be a constitutional county on August the first, when your lovely governor came out with his mandate. Elko County said the county commissioners gathered. They issued a statement saying that you do not need to follow the mask mandate set forth by the governor of Elko County because we we are a constitutional county. White Pine County recently said they're a constitutional county. Did you also get the declaration you do not need to follow the mask mandate put forth by the governor? Governor Exlax, he's the, <clears throat> well, anyhow, uh, we have, you know, <laughs> the, the same drumbeats going on here as it is everywhere. They've had a few more cases of the Delta variant, and there's people that's in the hospitals. The hospital beds are supposedly full, and they they can't transfer them anywhere else. But I don't know that uh, we don't have these same issues during flu seasons or anything else. I mean, it's just a lot of hype for more government control. It's all it amounts to. And I thank the county commissioners, personally, uh, the ones that I know, and uh, told them to keep up the good work. So, yeah, but there is a few more. And, you know, I know a guy that's in the hospital. And, and of course, his, <laughs> what he said was, well, they're just keeping me in here till the insurance card's filled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, yeah, it's uh, a, uh, Hank, I got there's another. There's people that's going to get sick. I got another. I got, another when, I got another friend, another friend in the hospital today on a ventilator. They, they're not following a protocol that they know will work. They're following a protocol that kills people. And it's another friend that who's been jabbed who is in bad shape because of COVID. Uh, the, when are people going to wake up to the jab is my question. But you did not answer my original question. You applauded White Pine County Commissioners. But my question was, did they follow Elko's lead and say, no, you do not need to do the August 1 mask mandate in White Pine County. Uh, all I can tell you <clears throat> is that I have been home because of uh, uh, the shortage of labor. I'm actually having to work for a living, and it's it's uh, disgusting. <laughs> but do you wear a mask while you're out in sheep camp? That's what I want to know. No, no. <laughs> and, and my daughter is here. Uh, my daughter's moving back to White Pine County, and it's going to help me with the ranch. And uh, she went to the fair for two days, and, and uh, every indication was that there was a limited number, if not no masks, at the county fair. Okay. All right. So I would assume that that would, that would be a up your nose with a rubber hose, Mr. X-Lax. So I'm fine with you wearing a mask if you choose to and you want to. I'm not fine yep. with somebody mandating that it happen when they're yeah you we you and I I both have friends in the hospital with severe COVID, but there is not one shred of science 
that says that a mask will help you? Not one. There's the inline problem. Well, uh, my wife uh, comes from a country that, that wearing masks had more to do with air pollution than anything, which right. may be a valid reason. But you saw lots of people in China that were wearing masks, and mm-hmm. I don't. And then that was long before COVID showed up. But let's get to the reality here. What about when you white guys showed up over here in this country? You know, we were here a long time for you, and you brought the common cold, and we had no resistance to it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so again. I am sure that there is uh, things in this world that I'm allergic to, and you are too. You just haven't run into them yet. And I am sure that your resistance to certain strains of certain variety things, you have no resistance to because you've, uh, you or generations prior to you have never been exposed to them. That, you know, I mean, that's the history of the world. What, the, you know, but this is all about government control. Yes, there are going to be people who will die, but what happened to the last two flu seasons? You know, of anybody that they, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the governor of Texas was, they wanted to say he had COVID, nanner, nanner, nanner. Well, he just got out of the hospital and he didn't have COVID. He just had a whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. You know, uh, bring some guy in the, into the hospital with a <clears throat> with a steel post through his chest, and ah, oh, looks like COVID to me. Can't breathe. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's nuts. Yeah. Well, that's that's not even a secret anymore. And if it wasn't somebody of the uh, the stature, I guess is the word I'll use, of the governor of Texas, it would have just been listed as COVID. Period. Nobody would have been able to question it. Yeah. Yeah, anything, anybody that rolls in, you know, got mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah. So it, it's a moneymaker. It's, it's, it's just absolutely wrong. So, and I got something we got to discuss. Okay. And I don't know if he's listening this morning. Does it do, has to do with a sheep? I don't want to talk about sheep. No. Okay. No. It has to do with, how about that Eddie Leverett? I don't know. Getting about, uh, the what, president what? to come to Coleman. Huh? He did that? Eddie sent me an email saying that that, that deal they had a couple of days ago in, in Coleman, Alabama, was five miles from his house. So the real question and is, I, did Eddie let him leave? Well, I, I, I told him, I said, why don't you invite him to stay the night with you? And he, he sent me an email back saying that he'd already made arrangements. So anyhow, <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool myself. Coleman, Alabama. Uh, other than Eddie Lever and and I think Hank Williams Jr. lived there for a while, or Hank Williams maybe did. I don't, you know, that's pretty cool. Have him in your backyard. So, uh, I, well, no, he wouldn't be cool to be in my backyard. <laughs> be hot. It'd be hot. Yeah, I see the price of corns coming down on the board. Uh, you guys must have got some more rain. Yeah, we we had. I'm just living lucky, Hank. Um, I I sowed my annual crop project. I have 80 acres that was once an alfalfa field, and now when I get my act together, I sow some grazing products in there. And so I sowed uh, with a, a no-till drill. Winter wheat, winter rye, a mix of winter wheat, winter rye, oats, triticale, clover, and hairy vetch. Yeah, we got two inches of rain right after I did that. 
Is Harry Vetch any relation to Jim? <laughs> I think they were distant cousins, but at Ellis Island they got in a feud, so they don't claim each other. I see. Okay. I I just uh, what the devil is Harry Vetch? Is I it actually, a clover or is it, it's a yeah it's a must be a legume because it's a nitrogen fixing component. Uh-huh. Which is apparently why Logan put it in there. I did I have somebody send me a note after I did a little deal about what I was doing that you don't want your horses to graze that hairy vetch. It'll kill them. So I don't know about that. I'll have to find out. Because huh. there will be horses grazing it. I'm telling you right now. Okay. Horses are good property these days. Oh, my. The doggone four-wheelers ruined it. You know, everybody used to have a horse in the back pasture mm-hmm. to wrangle something up when they needed it. Now they jump on the four-wheeler, and they can't figure out how come their horse keeps bucking them off. Well, you haven't been using him. Yeah. So. No, I mean, they're, you anyhow. you go to buy a horse right now, and they're, they're spendy. Which oh, is boy. good, because I've got, you know, like 20. I'd like to have 10. If you need a horse, let me know. I need a horse. Uh, we do? had one die. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, as cruel and as evil as us ranchers are, you know, out here on the public domain, raping and pillaging and plundering for fun and profit, the boys found a dead mare, a bronco, wild, feral horse. And it had a little colt cuddled up to it, poor as a crow, probably was going to be coyote bait within the next day or so because the buzzards had already found the horse. Brought her home. Her name is now Violetta, Violet. And uh, she's fatter than a seal. She sees you coming. She will run right over to you and want a bottle. So I just want that in the note somewhere that us animal husbandry people are so cruel and evil that we... Stockman, we're just horrible people, and we hate wild horses, and we hate... Hey, All right. everybody. I got to go to a break. <laughs> we'll be right back with Hank Vogler, certified Piedmontese, creating opportunities for those ranchers, particularly in the Great Plains of America, to be a part of the fastest growing niche program. I don't have any verification of that, but I do know that we're now at 25,000 head. We want to be at 50,000 head. And the only way we get that done is your assistance, you enrolling in the program. And you get paid properly. That's the moral of the story. It's all about the myostatin gene and tenderness in the Piedmontese cattle. Leads to tenderness for the consumer. Details at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. We're back with more Roll Route after this. Welcome back. Roll Route. Trent Luce alongside Hank Vogler. I'm not sure, Hank, you should be acknowledging you have you, you, you captured a wild horse and brought it home and providing husbandry to it, that's illegal. Well, so the alternative was within probably a, a day or so or, or hour or so, the coyotes would have ate her. Now, would that have been a responsible that's thing to nature. do? I suppose. That's nature. Okay. okay. So animal husbandry has been changing nature for 10,000 years and domesticating animals. Now, if she wants to go back out and and be a Mustang, that's fine. But poor little thing. Here's the deal. It, Open it's the gate. It's not her fault. Open the gate yeah. and see how fast she leaves. Hey. <laughs> She'll be there forever. She's spoiled. <laughs> the horse, the, horse uh, the head of the, of the department, 
uh, stopped by and he says, are you missing a black mule? And I said, well, yes, Mr. Houdini is gone. Well, I didn't tell him that. I said, yes, we have a black mule gone. And I didn't tell him about there was two mules gone. But I guess you can be fined for that, too. So go ahead and write me a ticket. But anyhow, uh, I said, yes. Uh, and he said, well, we got it. And we're gathering horses down south of your house. And uh, we'll bring it back. And I said, well, thank you very much. I said, by the way, that horse is, that mule's name is Houdini. He can open a powder river gate. He'll flip up the little deal with his nose. If you do not take a twist of wire and put it around the, the lock on the gate, he will open it. And there's another mule out. I didn't tell him about that. So then just as soon as he brings that horse back, the boys tell me, Patron, there's a horse over on the other side that got away from Carlos. And uh, we were going to tell you, well, that was last spring. But they didn't get around to it. Well, they caught him too. So, so we're in violation of all sorts of rules and regulations. And if the idiots want to come by and take Violetta, they're sure welcome to her because I know we can go born free. Yeah. Well, and turn I, her I, out. I'm not worried about them taking Violetta. I'm worried about them taking you. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, I suppose. So, uh, you know, uh, three hots and a cot, you know. Mm-hmm. Might make some friends in the can, you know. I mean, what the heck? That's it. That would make sense. That would make perfect sense. Let the animal die, be an idiot, and no compassion whatsoever. But by golly, we wouldn't be violating any rules and regulations. Have they taken Bundy's permit away from him yet? No. no. So, again, you know, it, it, the, the elitists of the Americas should be put in their place and i hope they are in 2022 and and then in 2024 we got to do something i mean it is it is ridiculous and i think all these wonderful things that uncle joe's doing is going to help us all i think it's going to help us all to realize that you cannot leave the governance of your community to somebody that has a political agenda. You have to be the political agenda. You have to step up and say, nah, we're not going to do that here in Loop City. You want to uh, study critical race theory? Well, go to Cuba. They got stuff like that. I mean, you could go to Venezuela. You could do lots of things, but stay away from Loop City, Nebraska, or <coughs> Hazard, whichever you prefer to go by. So it's just it's nuts. Yeah. You know, it's... It, the best the best analysis of what we consider as as our I don't know front he's a we're, I'm not going to say cigar store Indian because he doesn't even qualify for that but you know when you're dead you don't know you're dead everybody around you has to deal with it and it's the same thing when you're stupid everybody else has to deal with it and that's what we're dealing with mm-hmm. and and if america's going to remain stupid and not realize that the political elites of this country need to get their fannies spanked and sent home enough is enough you know what in 4 years look what we did in ww2 we destroyed everything that was nailed together in germany we destroyed everything that was nailed together in Japan. That's a war. That's what you put armies together for. You don't put armies together for nation building or anything else. When you have an enemy, you squash him. You make every human 
that has that allegiance wish they hadn't taken up the act. And that's man, woman, and child. There was no neutral zones, no nothing, no retaking the same hill. Once you got the territory, you took it. And everybody that's ever gone into Afghanistan has had their heads handed to them because they have, they think they're going to get to go to heaven if they die for the cause. So it's a, it's a different deal. And we are going to pay for it. But the Chinese are the only ones that haven't tried on Afghanistan. The Russians got whipped. The British got whipped. Uh, Genghis Khan, I guess if he was a Mongolian, he got whipped. Uh, Alexander the Great got whipped. So let it go. Forget it. But any time that they do anything and you can trace it back to Afghanistan, level a couple of cities. But to leave behind all your equipment, all your Black Hawk helicopters, everything like that. And you don't think that those Afghanis are not going to realize the people in China that they're punishing the, the Uyghurs? They're Muslims, too. You, th you don't think they're not first cousins? Ah! So let China have it. It won't last long, I promise you. I don't buy 80% of what I'm being told coming out of Afghanistan right now. I don't buy it. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's just, it's the hey, same hey, old hey, crap. These, these killers, these cold-blooded, ruthless killers did not negotiate a deal that said, okay, we'll give you till August 31st to get your comrades out of this country. No, they wouldn't do that. I am and not buying, was. I don't even buy the fact that they got their arsenal. I don't, I don't believe the military could let themselves do that. The men and women. I'm not talking about the people, the commander in chief. He's a moron. He doesn't right. work for this country. But right. I, I, I don't believe, I don't believe 80% of what I'm being told. <laughs> you do realize that, uh, you put armies together to break stuff, to make people wish they'd never called you out. Mm -hmm. You don't do it to be, Mr. Friendly. Mm -hmm. And that's what you put armies together for. And you and the people that are in the army, guess what? In the bottom of their soul, that's what they want to do. That's why they joined because it's a volunteer system. It's not like back when I was a kid and and uh, you got a from Mr. Hershey, congratulations, you've been selected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a little different. So, uh, the, uh, the craziest thing of all is when they had all those so-called Taliban leaders at that news conference, why didn't somebody put a cruise missile right through the freaking window? Well, it had taken them about five minutes for somebody else to be the new Taliban leader because they're all so tribal, every little valley. Do you see all the different areas of Afghanistan? There's a different tribe in every one of them, and they've been fighting amongst themselves for 10,000 years, too. I mean, it's just... Everything about it is just kooka roots. Yeah. The only other thing you said that I, I don't agree with is um, uh -oh. World War Two. Four years, we did not destroy evil. We scattered evil. I, I think well, okay. now with what we know, Adolf Hitler was the, the figurehead for the architects behind it, and the architects went around the world and were now living with what they – they learned on how to put it together during the 40s. Yeah, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they knew 
that when the eagle screamed, they had better duck and run. Mm-hmm. That's the, what I, that was my point. Yeah. Not, no, you'll never I know crush your point. evil. My point was, is you put an army together to break stuff and to get somebody wishing they hadn't bothered you. Not any other reason. It's just, it doesn't, it's not supposed to happen. And it, it, it has time and time again. I believe Dwight David Eisenhower, who was a supreme commander in the Second World War, said, be very wary of the coziness, or I'm, I'm paraphrasing, coziness between the industrial base and the armed services. And he was right, and he still is right. When you're making war materials and making bucket loads of money, Absolutely. the last thing you want to do is not have any more wars. And that but if you're going to have Nazi one, Germany have to one. a T. If you're going to have one, get it done. No King's X. No, we're not going to shoot you over there. No, no, we're going to shoot you wherever we see you until you get sick and tired of going to funerals. You better bet you. If we could just get rid of Osama bin Laden, it would all be taken care of. Oh, wait, that didn't work either, did it? All right, I've got somebody else working for you. It's working for the concept of the God-given rights, that is, protect the harvest, continuing to be on the front lines, making sure that your property rights are protected, really just giving you a network of people to fight the battle. Because the truth of the matter is, in fact, I was with my U.S. representative on Thursday, or excuse me, Friday evening, Adrian Smith, 3rd District from Nebraska, and he said to me, Trent, you were talking about these animal rights folks years ago, and they have really gotten violent. Violent not in terms of causing damage to property, but violent in terms of causing damage to our property rights. Protect the Harvest stays on the front line of that. Details at protecttheharvest.com. Get the newsletter. More Roll Route and Hank Bogler after this. Welcome back. Roll Route, Trent Lewis alongside Hank Vogler. Uh, by the way, when I was talking about Protect the Harvest and Adrian Smith, I used the wrong word. He did not say the animal rights activists have gotten violent. He said they've gotten aggressive. I ah. would contend they've been aggressive for a long time. People just weren't paying attention. And the, the word he used was aggressive. Did not want to misrepresent what Adrian Smith said. All right. So back to the sheep business. <laughs> Yes. You sell those lambs yet? Tomorrow, seven o'clock Mountain Daylight Time. Uh, and you're selling them at auction, or what are you doing? Uh, video auction, yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm anxious to see how I they just, do. You know, hey, I I hope they do good too. I mean, that's that's all fine and good. My neighbor, further south of me, don't know where his lambs are going. Southern Nevada Water Authority. You know they're. They're probably on the cutting edge of, of everything. Uh, they sold some lambs for October delivery, and they got three dollars and three cents at this video auction. So I'm going. I thought, you know, I'm. <laughs> I think uh, well, my good bleeding for the is, good is good for as theirs. Well, uh, why not? And if yeah. I'm wrong, gee whiz, I'll live with it. I won't have the state of Nevada to back me up to cover all my blemishes. I'll, I'll be responsible. You know, I got another trespass notice. You did? <laughs> yeah, for, your, for your mules yeah, getting yeah. out? No, for the fact that I was using the territory that I bought in 2004, partnered in 2002, and the bullies never came along. The thugs, the jackbooted thugs, never came along till 2007. 
and the government granted them my permit. Nice. And that's what we're fighting over. But they're not sending trespass notices to the jackbooted thugs. They're sending them to me. So anyhow, I mean, wow. Uh, if you if you don't think that there isn't two levels of justice and two levels of of governance, uh, you've been asleep at the switch. So anyhow, isn't that fun? Yeah, no. So how are you coming and exposing the corruption there? Uh, there was a gentleman here from USA Today a couple of weeks ago that's supposedly writing the story, but who knows? When, when you're as powerful as these people are, maybe they'll have him scorched too. I yeah, don't know. Well, they're, they're, he, Hank, if somebody shows up from mainstream media and tells you they're going to write a story about Southern Nevada Water Authority, you are going to be the one smashed. I'm sure of it. <laughs> so, I mean, what, but you still have to get the word out. You know, you can't spend all your time singing to the choir. And maybe people actually will look at USA Today or whatever other mainstream media and go, well, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, how, how how can you do this? There's nothing in the Taylor Grazing Act that says that state agencies are supposed to be running ranches and, and running livestock. They can buy ranches. They can transfer water inner basin, especially in the state of Nevada, where the water doesn't run interstate except for the Colorado and other little nuances, uh, you know, so things like that. So maybe people will actually read between the lines. I don't know. But uh, I, uh, I got to do something. Yeah. And and uh, oh, I'm not poo-pooing you for talking to him. I'm poo-pooing you for thinking that that's your answer. Well, the the answer is, is somebody to uphold the laws of the United exactly. States of America. We are a country of laws. Uh, we left the European situation because they were a a country of, of uh, oligarchs and, and, and people in the center that that uh, got the had the crown seal. That's what this country started on, not on the bully pulpit, not on somebody that was very powerful that said you will issue a permit to Southern Nevada Water Authority. And they had no, you know, no right to do it. There is a loophole in the law. Over the years, ranches have been purchased by state agencies or given to state agencies, but they are still not allowed to run livestock. There's a perfect shining example. The sportsman bought the Nevada Department of Wildlife a ranch here that had a permit attached to it. They leased it to SNWA, the jackbooted thugs, Southern Nevada Water Authority, and some people complained and they quit doing that. So now they're leasing it to a private citizen who, uh, according to their own records of the last September's uh, board of directors meeting, are leasing it to this private citizen who's now leasing it back to SNWA. So, you know, and, and, and there's two ranches over on the other side of the state that uh, beautiful ranches that they, they've destroyed. There were permits to that. Well, there's the loophole in the law is is that they don't have to liquidate tomorrow, they but they cannot run livestock. Well, in this case, they're even running over the top of somebody who had. And that would be like somebody saying, "Hey, Trent, I've decided that I want your farm 
and uh, I'm hooked up with the congressman from Nebraska. So get pack your stuff and get off. Yeah. Well, you have a deed of trust. You have everything. How how can you do that? How how can you do that? Exhibits everything is 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 uh, recorded in White Pine County, and they just ignore it. The state engineer ignores it. Everybody ignores it, and that is what our government is supposed to do: is protect the least among us, not the elite, not the powerful. But mm-hmm. that is not the way they're doing it today, and that's kind of you know scary. It, it's the, well, it, it's the British are coming again. Isn't it time to revisit with those White Pine County commissioners and the sheriff? They, they need to step up and protect you. Uh, that is always a possibility. Mm-hmm. I have, I have, uh, uh, I'm waiting for their response. There, there has been no response. There's other issues along the same lines that there has been no response. Yeah, it doesn't even involve me. Can't be just you. No. And, and they're just uh, doing nothing. And by doing nothing, you know, the meter is still running with my attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, he's uh, he's uh, not a, not only an adequate attorney, he's also uh, allows me uh, to do the do the heavy lifting so far. Uh, no, the, va- the grazing board is suing them over Mount Wilson because they got the bully pulpit down there and got everything that they could possibly get. Again, an illegal act. And fortunately, Mountain State's Legal Foundation has stepped up and has taken on the, the heavy lifting. Uh, I, I don't want to give you too much weight on your shoulders, but I could pretty easy make the case that you are the last line of defense between the federal government taking all of our property. You individually, Hank Bogler, are the the barrier. Just a minute. There's a bunch of lights flashing outside, <laughs> and there's somebody at the door knocking rather vigorously. <laughs> with, with a cheesy little mustache. Boy, <laughs> wouldn't that be? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I just wanted to be it. A stockman. That's all I ever wanted to be. You just wanted to be water. a sheep herder. You almost said it, but then you yes. were afraid to say it. You all just want to well, be a sheep herder. Stockman. Stockman. Yeah. What's what's wrong with being saying stockman? That's perfect. Uh, covers them all. But again, I, I Southeast Oregon federal government decides that they're going to show everybody where the meander line is of the Malheur and Harney Lake because they were not supposed to take any land beyond it. And their argument always was is the irrigation in the Sylvie's River, the uh, Pea Valley, and all this other stuff denied that lake of water, which it did. I'm sure it did. So they finally wound up with almost all the control of the Pea Valley. And so the Sylvie's River through Burns in that country was taken up and homesteaded and the water rights were granted by the state of Oregon. And so was Silver Creek and that out there towards Harney Lake. So I get everything I had went underwater. Everything that I had accumulated in Harney County, I come down here to the driest state in the nation in one of the driest counties in the world. And guess what? Water controversy, water, water, water. I mean, it's just, it's, I'm a Pisces, so I guess that's that's my Achilles heel is uh, issues with water. 
I can't believe it. Water issues are only going to accelerate. We've been talking about water, the new gold, for a long time, but we're now living it. Oh boy, yeah, it's yeah. Denver, uh, Houston, uh, all those, all these uh, drier states and and places where population people want to live. You know, uh, the guys are at the big gold mines. Canada, look at all the water that runs into the Arctic Ocean out of Canada, and uh, what would it take? For to turn that around, can you imagine what you could raise all over the country if they had an unlimited supply of water? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could be done rather than going out and buy. I think Colorado, Denver bought entire farming districts and bought their water to take to Denver, things like that, uh, which – Taking water wow. away from agriculture, boys and girls, is a really dumb idea. You don't have to go to Disneyland. You don't have to go to Lost Wages, but you got to eat. And whether you're a conservative, a liberal, or whatever position you take, eating is essential. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's going to take shape once again at a greater magnitude than ever before with the Klamath situation and the Central Valley in California where these farmers are getting zero to maybe 5% of their designated water this year. And how do you graze a crop in California with 5% of your water? Mm-hmm. You I mean, That's the just point. get over it. Just don't even send, you know, forget it. Just draw a line through 5%. I mean, if you got a, a four or five acre foot, and down there it's probably even more than that because they have such a long growing season. But say, say yeah. you just got five acre feet, there's ditch loss. So what? And and here comes here comes the the third of an acre foot of water. So what particular crop beyond cactus are you going to raise with a third of an acre foot of water? Mm. And oh by the by, my granddad worked down there uh, when Herbert Hoover was the El Presidente of the United States on the Central Valley Project, and they were bringing water from the north where it was more plentiful to the 365-day growing season to the south. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's the thing about that Klamath situation. The, the farmers built it. It was 100% farmer-driven, yes. farmer-financed, just so that they had water because the water's there. It's a matter of having access to it at the right time of year. And they flat just stolen it from them. Same thing you're yeah. talking about. The yeah. access to water. But I have to go to a break. Yeah. Certified Piedmontese creating the opportunity for every cattleman in the Great Plains of America. If you want to be a part of it, it's quite simple. Use Piedmontese sires on your cows. Marlon Will with details at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. We're back with the last segment. We're all right after this. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose alongside Hank Vogler. Hey, I want to change the uh, topic a bit because I attended a meeting since you and I visited last Monday. There were five meetings put on by Nebraska Public Power District in the last week talking. Well, here's what they said. We are here because this is a co-op, right? Membership owned. We are here to get your opinion of going forward with decarbonization of the electric production. <laughs> well, did they explain how they were going to do that? Yeah. What's wrong with natural gas? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with nuclear? Mm-hmm. All of these things. 
you know, I mean, yes, Nagasaki and Hiroshima didn't make out too well with that kind of a nuclear use. But there's nuclear is the cheapest form, is the least uh, adverse. You just got to use it right. And yes, just like everything else, there will be mistakes. There will be things that go wrong and you do everything to prevent that. But how do you get away from carbon? Uh, my stepson told me that he and his and he's in his 30s never ever saw the stars over the town he grew up in yeah. and and it, it's carbon it is carbon america's carbon footprint has gone down and down and down but india and china have not been held accountable now uh, maybe they'll get on board I don't know. It's their people that walk around with masks on, not because of COVID, long before COVID, because of air pollution. Mm -hmm. So we're putting the parameters on our system that is the best in the world and has the most oversight. Go ahead and tell me how this is all supposed to work and be compatible. Uh, when the sun goes down, your solar doesn't work. When the wind doesn't blow, your turbines don't work. And their productivity and their ability to do these things is limited. But we have a gazillion, gazillion different cubic metric feet or whatever it is or BTUs of natural gas. We've got all kinds of things that we can do. And if you started to build a nuclear plant today in the United States of America, neither one of us will be alive when they fire that puppy up. Yeah. We've torn them down. This is, this, so, we are cutting off our nose to spider face. In Nebraska, currently, with the, the public power district, which feeds out to the individual co-ops, I happen to be on custom public power, um, but we have five, is it five? We have all of those as a source. We have a nuclear plant in Nebraska. We have a coal generating plant. We have, uh, what's the one I'm forgetting? Oh, hydro. We have a hydro, and believe it or not, we do. And then there's some wind and some solar. So we have that diversity. But my message, because we had the opportunity to speak, I said, number one, decarbonization is death because everybody wants to demonize carbon. You may have examples in China where there's too much of air pollution, but you can't get rid of carbon. Carbon is an essential no. element of life. So it's about managing yes, it. it and we have made tremendous progress at being more harmonious with the atmosphere or with the, the world and the cycle of life. But you can't eliminate coal because coal is the, the most efficient energy source there is, period. And you can build new plants. And, by the way, you find value for CO2. They're now finding value in selling CO2 to different people around the world that use it from uh, those soft drinks that have the CO2 in them. That's what gives them their fizz or their ability. So there's all kinds of value for CO2 beyond feeding plants. But they want to come in and they want to just get rid of coal. They might as well just say, how do we get rid of coal? Because that's the real agenda for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> if you buy an electric car, chances are the electricity to pump that puppy up comes from a coal plant. Yeah, exactly. Or somewhere else. And And if you do the math... It's the biggest impossibility there is. Now, I'm all for it. It's part of that diversity of uses. Yes, this place out here where I am at, mm -hmm. before 
rural electric power came in here had generators. They had a wind turbine. They had batteries. They had all kinds of things to supplement their power grid. And then that now they have REA. Well, I have a generator in case the power goes out. However, one of my generators that I had over on the well that's in dispute, somehow mysteriously somebody let all the crankcase oil out of it. It cost me $28,000 to replace it. But that's okay, you know. Uh, it, it was just an accident, you know, the the right. the, the gremlins. Because those it. plugs accidentally come out of those crankcases on a regular basis. Oh, absolutely. They yeah. just, they I just, mean, they it's just, pop a, out. you got you bet you they do. Uh, I, I recommend where you're located, because I'm doing the same thing. I recommend you go back to adding all of those supplemental energy supplies and stop relying on REA, because I think there's some vulnerability there. Well, and what, and okay, go ahead and tell me about this, the people that have kind of the leaning towards PETA. Let's take out the Grand Coulee Dam. Let's take out all of the dams, Cold Harbor, and all of them on the Columbia River. Wow. Won't that be great? <laughs> okay. I mean, it's just, it doesn't even make good sense. Now, I'm sorry that the salmon have to kind of walk around. I went to the, one of those dams, and, and the trash fish were affecting the salmon going up the creek. But they had a fish ladder that got them around it. I mean, there's there's solutions to most of our problems. But tearing out the dams, tearing out the Central Valley Project in California, stopping the Klamath people from irrigating. You know, if you think uh, Uncle Joe getting us back into uh, letting the Russians provide oil and, and, and get money for it, and we don't do anything with our productivity, there's... There is some kid that's going to figure out how to separate the hydrogen molecule at a reasonable price because we already do it from the oxygen. And then carbon fuels may be not as valuable as they are now. So, I mean, there's just all kinds of things that can change. Yeah, but but tearing out this infrastructure. Wow. What part of stupid don't you understand? I'm not (laughs) saying that we don't continue to explore efficient alternatives of energy supply but when you have a plethora of coal as we do you can't even dispute that there's a it's not maybe an infinite supply but there is a supply of coal that is going to fuel for generations as long as we've been using coal 80 years it's probably going to do 500 more so to talk about we need to get to it's a switchgrass because we're going to run out of coal. Oh, how's that work? We put a lot of subsidy in switchgrass, and it's still not even on the scale in terms of providing any energy supply. And the Bakken region up out of the Dakotas in Montana, they say that has more oil in it than Saudi Arabia has. It does. And so we're going to shut the pipelines down. Mm-hmm. Canada, our neighbor to the north, we're going to shut that out. Well, somebody's going to step up and buy that oil. And it's going to go somewhere. China is really low on oil. They have fossil fuels. They have lots of coal, but they don't have oil. Uh, even the Japanese, you know, wanted Indonesia and Southeast Asia for their oil to run their machine in, uh, before the Second World War. I mean, <laughs> geopolitically, some kid is going to figure out something better. 
Somebody figured out fracking. Somebody figured out slant drilling. Somebody figured out the internal combustion engines. There's lots of things that have been invented over the years. But tell me what government has overbearance of government has invented. Absolutely zip, zip, nada, except rules and regulations, which are nothing more than taxes that keep people down. And yes, when everybody gets things figured out, there are some things that go by this wayside, you know. Uh, when was the last time you uh, saw a John Deere uh, wagon or a Studebaker wagon? Uh, I saw they one last made. week. Okay, in a parade that somebody yeah. had restored. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Is that what is that what you want to is that what you want to get back to, or do you want to take a little trip down nostalgia and take a look at it? Well, but I guarantee you that those truckers going down the interstate right through Nebraska are a hell of a lot more efficient than a twenty mule team. I guarantee you. Yeah, I agree. But I'll also tell you that that pair of Pertrons that I've been feeding for years, just because I was liked having them are now getting ready to pull that 1907 Newton chuck wagon I have. I'm getting ready. Well, there you go. I'm and getting God ready. God love you for it. But how many how many outfits? There used to be several people in the state of Nevada that used to run a wagon. Mm-hmm. They don't do that anymore either. You know, we've got I'm, roads. We've I'm, got I'm going to get all my got... horses gathered up as a team and bring them to you because you're going to have to pull those sheep camps from uh, allotment to allotment with my team. Probably. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I mean, to cut off your nose to spite your face, set yourself back in, into the 19th century. There are going to be a lot of people that are not going to like that. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, I I'm can ready. remember going I'm to the ready. grocery store. I can remember going to the grocery store when everything was seasonal, fruit, uh, corn, all, all those potatoes, everything. They had to bring potatoes in. By the uh, by, different means from California, but everything the fresh produce was seasonal. The fresh fruit was seasonal, and now because of transportation, because of innovation of capitalism, we can have a year-round supply of these things, and we used to not have it. And of course, with all the rules and regulations, you have a better chance of getting produce from a foreign country. In California than you do California produce. And now that all the water's going to the cities, mm-hmm. uh, that entire system, which I believe would be the sixth largest economy in the world, is about to collapse. And we have the, the, the squirrels in charge of the wheel. And that's, <laughs> and they're trying to recall him and God hope they get it done. I mean, it's just, we are, <laughs> the, Anthropologists a thousand years from now are going to be scratching their heads. We can the, figure out why what the, the hell were these people doing. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, I, don't know. Um, I mean, they had the world by the tail for the. <laughs> that'll do it. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. Hank Bogler, Trent Loose. Both of us remind you: all roads do lead to a roll route. Once again, reminding you that Certified Piedmontese, I had Aaron Sawyer and his family here, Philip and Macy and Jeremiah, over the weekend, and I took them out to look at the cows and the Piedmontese sired calves. 
it's just pretty impressive to see these Piedmontese sired calves out of our cows, particularly if they're limousine cows. Just got to say a little bias. But it's all about the myostatin gene and the tenderness aspect of the beef itself. Get more details about how you can be a part of this rapidly growing endeavor that is truly based on what the consumer is demanding and tenderness of beef and gets paid. You, the producer, get paid properly on the web. Lone Creek, Calico.com.